Showtime's Yellow Jackets follows a high school girls soccer team whose plane crashes in the wilderness on their way to nationals. It depicts their lives in the 19 months they spend stranded as well as 25 years later when old horrors come back to haunt them. Also, they eat each other. Or do they? I think they do. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Uh, we also get a chance to interview Liv Hewson, who plays Van on the show, who's one of our favorite characters. It's a really excellent interview. They were really fun, so please stick around for that. Oh, you're in trouble now. Why? 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 I'm Alex Logan. <laughs> I'm Lizzie Bassett. Welcome to IMDb is Obsessed. This is the show that tells you the one TV show or movie that we think you should be watching this week. And this week it is, of course, Yellow Jackets. Yes, it is. Uh, We're so excited to be talking about this one. This has been a favorite of ours for a few weeks now and a show that was a breath of fresh air and something really exciting for both of us. Just definitely so gross, so weird, so funny, so cool and so 90s. I love it. I is. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really great. Um, it is on Showtime. It is running for 10 episodes, and the finale is this weekend, so on Sunday. So we wanted to talk about it to get you guys hyped for the finale because I can't wait. I love this show <laughs> so much. I have so many feelings about it and so many theories. And, and yeah, and it's, it's time to catch up because uh, once it's out in the world, there's going to be a lot of crazy spoilers, I think, even though they are going into a season yeah. two and have they have to have some things up their sleeve for the next season, but... I think they do. We may get to this a little bit, but my understanding is that this show was pitched with a five-season arc. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Um, but according to the creators, uh, Ashley Lyle and Bart Nickerson, who we'll also get to in a little bit, allegedly they pitched the final scene in their pitch. Um, oh, Whether wow. or not that's actually what it ends up being, at least we know they have an end point in sight, which is very encouraging to me. Yeah, absolutely, that they know what they're building to because, I mean, they've made em enough of a mess of the future, you know, of the present yeah. day story that they can run with that for a while. But we still, we want to see that. We want to see the plane crash. We want to see the survival, you mm -hmm. know, uh, story that we've been steeped in and all those great flashbacks because those are just so, so delicious. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, tasty. Um, I I think we know we're not going to get out of the wilderness at the end of this season, obviously, because no. it's con if it's continuing into two and potentially five seasons, I imagine it's going to take quite a while for us to get through those 19 months where they are stranded. So, Alex, before we dive into more about this show, I think the main question that comes to mind is, if our team were stranded um, in the freezing wilderness, how long before you become a cannibal? Mm, okay. How much battery do I have on my iPhone? You have none. You're okay. stranded in the wilderness. There's no plugs. <laughs> Five minutes. I mean, it's not going to be long. Wow. I, I don't know. I'm not going <laughs> to. I like animals a lot. I'm not going to go hunting very well. I mean, you know, I'm desperate. I'm not a survivor. I, this you is like not... animals? So you're going to eat your coworkers is what I'm hearing. Yeah, squirrels are pretty nice. You know, they don't give okay. me any guff. <laughs> All right. Well, so not. How, how about you? Us. How long are you holding out? A lot longer. Okay, I fine. mean, I would say it like, you know, you have to run out of food. You have to try and hunt stuff, not be able to hunt stuff. I, I would say like a couple of days, a couple of days of being really hungry and I might 
become a liability because right. I do get hangry pretty fast. So <laughs> it would just depend on on when and how that happens. And we aren't still we still aren't one hundred percent certain that they have resorted to cannibalism in the show. It's no, hinted it, it at seems... pretty strongly in the pilot. Yes, if you get to yes. that, these this is how they made it through that long winter. Everybody assumes in the parallel story yes. in the in the present day where there are adult actresses playing these roles of the you know same women the high school girls the soccer team who went through these just terrible tragedies but everyone in the town believes that they did resort Ate to cannibalism yeah and that yeah. that the people who did not survive were on the menu which right maybe but you know I, they're, they're being cagey likely. with it <laughs> yes yeah, yeah yeah it's it's definitely it's heavily of... hinted at if not confirmed in the pilot um but I think we're I think we're going to get a lot of answers um, in the finale. So as Alex mentioned, this does uh, track on two parallel timelines, one in 1996, I believe, when their plane crashes and then one present day. One fun thing that they've done with this show is the parallel casting of the oh, younger yeah. and present day versions of the actresses is really excellent. Uh, y- interestingly, they chose three, I think, very prominent um like 90s teen actresses for for three of the main characters which is Juliette Lewis as Natalie, Christina Ricci as Misty. Man, Christina Ricci is absolutely stellar in this. Um and has and, done a role like this before. She was the other side in Now and Then. She was the oh, younger yeah, right. version of uh Rosie O'Donnell in in Now mm-hmm. and Then. So now she's grown into the adult version and whoo, what a role. This is they, they yeah. let her go wild and she's so great. <laughs> She's great. Yeah. So is young Misty as well, oh, played yeah. by Samantha Hanratty. Um, Melanie, Melanie Linsky also stars as Shauna, of course, from Heavenly Creatures, Ever After, um, many more. And then Tawny Cypress shows up as Thaisa, and she's really excellent. I feel like this is us getting to see a more prominent role for Tawny Cypress than we've seen in the past. She's had a lot of sort of guest starring roles and like, you know, multi-episode arcs on things. But boy, she's good. Difficult part to be have to be so, you know, forward presenting as so poised and so perfect as the politician and then just everything falling apart. Yeah, well, (laughs) we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, the younger versions of the above mentioned is Sophie Thatcher, uh, as Natalie, the younger Juliette Lewis, which interestingly, she's, I think one of the only ones they actually cast the younger version first and Mm. then found Juliette Lewis later. Samantha Hanratty as Misty, Sophie Nelise as Shauna, and then Jasmine Savoy Brown as Taisa. And they're all amazing. Yeah, it's a great parallel. I mean, I don't know how much they worked with each other. It sounds like they were, you know, kind of parallel productions, not necessarily like informing each other's performance but really they nail each other's vibes so well and they have such a you know they have the little mannerisms down there's a there's a misty trademark of when she gets told something she pushes up her glasses with (laughs) like the bottom of the palm of her hand and it's just a little moment and it's 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 perfect that they both do it so well and they yeah they just it's the vibe the vibe capture yeah like the essence that they capture Mm -hmm. of each other the it's vibe so is strong with yes. this show. Um, <laughs> so the creative team, this is co-created by a married couple, Ashley Lyle and Bart Nickerson. And this is their first time creating a show. They had previously worked on Narcos, uh, Narcos Mexico and the originals. Um, I think it's really interesting that part of the genesis of the, this idea, as you can probably tell from the fact that it is, you know, a plane crash with a bunch of teenage students is that this is inspired in some ways by Lord of the Flies. And Alex, I know that you had, when we talked about this show a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned this as well, but like there was a Lord of the Flies adaptation pitched, I think 
what, like four or five years ago that was supposed to be an all women Lord of the Flies. And the response from everyone was like, no way. Like, that's dumb. Yeah. That show wouldn't exist. I was shocked. I was going through Twitter responses to that um, in 2017. And Roxanne Gay, of all people who I love, she's an amazing uh, author, both of autobiographical nonfiction and also narrative fiction. She tweeted, the plot of that book wouldn't happen with all women, which I think is like, in retrospect, kind of shocking because I'm like, it, I, yes, it would. Yeah. I mean, proof in the pudding in this show, you know, yeah. that you can't, <laughs> you can't deny that it would, it, after watching, you know, the, the arc that they put them through and, you know, that they're the slow burn and build up that it, mm-hmm. that it builds to of all of them devolving into this. I mean, Roxanne Gay is amazing and, and was not the only one that, that sure. um, tweeted on. something like that. But it's interesting because Ashley Lyle, I, I believe, sort of described this as like what happens when society breaks down, which is exactly what Lord of the Flies is. And, you know, who is sort of more repressed than young women? Uh, so absolutely, you see that kind of like piece by piece deconstruction of um of everything that they've been taught they're supposed to do. But one thing I really like about this show is that they like treat Jackie, Ella Purnell's character being kind of a vindictive jerk to Shauna about a boyfriend that they share Hmm. with the same weight that they treat eating people. And (laughs) I, I love that, that it's like these sort of things that are like crushing as, as teenagers that are like the most dramatic, the most uh, hurtful things in that moment. They're, they're still that here, even in the yeah. wilderness, even when you might eat each other. Yeah, they make that emotion, that, you know, teen emotion melodrama really sing and really make you believe that they're feeling this so strongly that they're going to take it one step further and then, you know, eventually maybe eat each other probably. But probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, t- I totally agree that <laughs> this does make sense. Yeah, I mean, this is an absolutely horrifying situation. I I don't know what I would what I would do in this. I think it's interesting that they are trying they're trying very hard, really all the way up until I would say episode nine to cling to some semblance of of their high school lives and of society. They even host a dooms coming dance as as a way of sort of like you know having a, a prom like moment, and of course that ends up being kind of the breaking point, um, which I won't, I won't spoil more of that if you guys haven't watched. Um, we are going to talk about some spoilers later in the episode, but we will hold off on those uh, for right now. Um, I do want to talk about Karin Kusama, who directed the pilot, and I think really set the tone for a lot of the show. If you're not familiar with Karin, she is really amazing. She broke onto the scene with Girl Fight, starring Michelle Rodriguez, which was a big Sundance hit. She got put in, quote unquote, movie jail after Eon Flux, which I think was really, really unfair. And the other film that she made that kind of got very mismarketed and then not really received particularly well at the time was Jennifer's Body. Sure. But she's back with Destroyer, I feel like. And, oh, yes. and you know, the invitation was the also invitation. a, a yeah. surprise hit. But Destroyer is where she was really getting the accolades that she deserved and starting to come back on the scene. And then this is such a you she's know another amazing. feather in her cap that I'm really excited to see her back. I saw her recently at the Arrow Theater interview Guillermo del Toro uh, after Ooh, wow. a screening of Nightmare Alley. And just to hear them go back and forth and how much they had in common and how much their approach to horror and approach to um, gore as well, which this show is 
just filled with and so much. It is not for, you know, the weak of stomach. I will say there's a lot of, there's a lot of animal and body horror stuff that is, uh, there's some amputation. Oh yeah. Some light amputation. It's Uh, not light. Yeah. It's not light. (laughs) It's far from light. Yeah. But yeah. So Kusama is just a perfect match for this and her setting the tone really is what you know sets the show off and that pilot is so good and so it's really good yeah it just pulls you right into the world and gets you so excited for the mystery that they that they allude to that pilot really sets the tone so well and i'm i'm just so glad that karen uh was on hand to tackle this um there are some other really amazing directors for this series as well daisy von schurlermeyer uh, of party girl fame which is such an iconic movie also, Billy Woodruff, who directed Honey and a ton of early 2000s music videos, um, like Overprotected by Britney Spears, which Ooh. is a great one. Oh, uh, and My Heart Will Go On by Celine yeah. Dion. Wow. Okay. He's like, he was an extremely prolific music yeah. video director in the most formative days of my life. So uh, thank you, Billy. And thank you for directing an episode of this show as well. And they had, you know, some art house cinema uh, acolytes in there as well. Deepa Mehta, who did the Elemental mm-hmm. Trilogy. Very, you know, just amazing uh, Canadian Indian, just uh, kind of, you know, important filmmaker. And she came in to just, you know, do one episode. And it's a really, it's a striking episode kind of in the middle. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Alex and I got the chance to talk to one of our favorite characters on the show, which is Van, played by Liv Hewson, who is an amazing, amazing Australian actor who talked to us about lots of behind the scenes fun details, as well as The Gay Agenda, which is the brand new podcast they launched with Jasmine Savoy Brown, who of course plays Thaisa on Yellow Jackets as well. And this interview does get into a little bit of spoiler country. So if you aren't all the way caught up, you know, we don't spoil anything in the the finale. We don't know what's going to happen yet. We'll get to those theories in a bit. But we do talk about some big moments that happen to Van's character later in the season. Welcome. We are so excited to be talking to you today about Yellow Jackets, among other things, as we're heading into the finale. Uh, The first question that I think is top of mind for me and Alex is if your plane full of all your teammates crashed, how long before you personally start eating people? Because we both have our answers. Do you? Okay. What are your answers? Well, Alex said immediately. So that's okay. All right. All right. I said like five minutes after my phone dies. All right. Yeah. As long as I had my phone, I was, you know, could. If you you have an iPhone, that's immediately. Those things do not last. Right. Exactly. So it's five minutes after that. (laughs) I mean, I said like maybe a couple days after the food runs out, I thought I would at least try to kill some stuff. You guys are so quick. (laughs) (laughs) It's been so interesting watching the show come out and have like, watch some people react with like hurry up like start eating each other get to the cannibalism <laughs> which makes me laugh because i'm just like guys you it it's not a light decision like we have to right. we have to no. run out of every single option of every single alternative and believe that we're like committing blood sacrifices of some kind it's like give give us a second i think it would take me ages i think it would take me a really long time 
that's, I mean, yeah, I would hope that it would take me a long time and I'm, I'm definitely never getting on a plane with Alex again. That's for sure. Cause five minutes is fast. Just bring I'll, a portable charger. Exactly. Yeah. I'll bring a backup battery and we'll at least get a couple days out of me. Seriously. Um, <laughs> there's obviously some really intense scenes in this show. How what do, do you, mean? you, oh, well, <laughs> for example, your face being eaten by a wolf. Um, oh, that, that, yeah. that, right, 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 right. <laughs> That's the first one that comes to mind. How do you like prepare for scenes like that or the, the backwards surgery scene too? I had never done anything like that before. A, a lot of the things I, I do on the show, I had never done before. I'd never done any stunts with fire. I hadn't done a lot of water work before either. I had never worn prosthetics like that. And were there actual wolves? Were there any animals on set yes. with you during that scene? So what is it like just going face to face with one of those? I, I didn't. The The mm. body that you see being attacked by the wolf is someone who has handled wolves for a long time and is like trained and qualified and knew what they were doing. The The others had like saw them closer up than me. Um, there were times where they looked very cute <laughs> which was really disarming because they are, you know, your, your brain plays tricks on you because they are big dogs and they're big dogs at work. They're doing a job. And when they think they've done a good job, their tails wag. Oh. So these wolves oh. are like standing with their front legs on this log, menacing fake versions of us and their tails are wagging like anything. And we're all behind the monitor. Like <laughs> this is going to be a problem. We love so much about this show and we're really big fans of just how steeped in nineties music and vibes the whole thing oh, cool. is yeah, throughout all of it. Do you have a favorite needle drop yeah. off the dome? This show, we had to, we had to learn the lyrics to Shoop. We had to learn the lyrics to Kiss from a Rose and we had to do a dance number. So this is how we do it. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I'm waiting for a Yellow Jackets musical episode next season. Honestly. Yes. Um, my favorite needle drop is uh, Ultravox's Vienna when they find Travis in episode three. I love oh. that song. That's, that's um, one of my favorite songs, actually. Um, it's one that my dad put me onto. And it was really nice to hear it in something I worked on. I don't hear that song enough. That's amazing. Yeah, mine is, I guess, not technically from the show, but as soon as I saw the trailer and saw that you guys were using Uninvited, which is one of my all-time favorite Alanis songs, I was just like, I have to see this. My favorite is probably Mr. Mistopheles from oh my uh, God. Cats, but you know, that's <laughs> the, for other reasons. When the Phantom <laughs> of the Opera Overture drops and Misty's in her oh little my car, God. <laughs> I just, I screamed. It was amazing. I was laughing so hard at that. That was so good. Uh, Christina Ricci in this is just, Isn't I mean, she good? Yes. Everyone's really so amazing. good. Truly, the ensemble cast is, is incredible and Obviously, I think that helps drive people's interest into who is or is not going to survive yes. and what is going to happen. There's a lot of chatter online about the fan theories. Have you heard anything? Like, are, are there any fans that are getting close or are there any theories that are the craziest thing you've ever heard? Yeah, there's, I, I, I check in occasionally. I try not to like get too caught up in it, but every so often I'll just be like, mm, what are the girlies saying? Like, what do we think? <laughs> And it truly is just like a, a spectrum. It's everywhere from like, oh, actually that person's going to be really happy in like two weeks all, all the way over to what have we made that you got that out of? I don't, <laughs> hang on. I think I need to watch it again, <laughs> which is fun. I've never been on a show quite like this before where I've been able to watch people react to it 
that specifically on a week to week basis. It's cool. Yeah. It's, it's exciting for fans to go that deep on it. You know, yeah. you never expect them to get that excited about it and then find those little tiny things that may be leading to make us believe that everyone's surviving off of eating uh the baby that is uh, yet to be born. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, no way. Y'all are not eating that baby. <laughs> okay, well, it's just a theory that I like. They did show that dream sequence where they where she gave birth to the chicken, we, and we did show true. an image of the baby as food, didn't we? Yeah, Kinda. it was in there. Oh I, man. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I I don't don't tell me, but my theory is that Jackie is the antler queen. I'm just going to leave that here and then I'll, I will vacate the premises. Um, well, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly comment on the matter. It's I've had to get really good at keeping a blank face. I watch the show with my friends when it comes out and um, I just, sometimes they'll blurt something out at me and I, I have to tell them, I'm like, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear you because if I react, I'm going to ruin something. Like I have to keep my face very still. One thing that I keep reading online is a lot of people talking about who should play the adult version of Van, which I think is very fun. I've heard um, Sarah Snook and Lauren Ambrose. Do you have anybody that you think would be perfect? I mean, I, it's like, it's cool to watch people speculate every anyone anybody suggests I'm always like that would that would be great like I like I love Sarah Snook I love Lauren Ambrose I I that would obviously make me very happy um but I I truly it's a cool thought exercise for me as well it's like who would play an older version of you because I've never really thought about that so I'm like who's got red hair (laughs) (laughs) who's got red hair all of us would play that game while we were filming actually okay so so if one of us shows up like who are we gonna blah blah oh well I think for you blah 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 like basically doing what fans are doing now that's amazing did anybody else throw a name out that was like spot on I'm trying to think it's just a lot of speculating it was a lot of it was a lot of like who's the right age who's got the right hair color and like Mm -hmm. who who could pull you off which is fun because usually when you're playing the younger version of somebody the question is in reverse it's like well can you play a younger version of them so it's interesting to kind of do it the opposite way I think that's pretty rare yeah, I'll keep my eye out for adult Van and adult Jackie, as I hope and believe that you are both alive. Season two, you mm-hmm. guys got a season two, which we are very, very excited about. Thank you. Is there too. anything you can tell us about we, it? We know nothing. We don't know anything. We, none of us know a single thing. Melanie might. Some of the adults might. I think in general, like the the adult, the older actors can can make more of a case for being told things. So it's like, well, we're playing versions of these people who remember what happened. So can you tell us? So I don't know how much oh, they know. Sure. That's but true. Us, they, they do not tell us anything. Even while we were shooting season one, everything was always a surprise. So I am also excited to find out what happens in season two. And then I'm excited to have to keep it a secret for eight months. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're very excited for it. One of the things that's been really amazing to watch on this show is, of course, fans' relationship with Thaisa, which feels really authentic in a way that I, I think we don't get to see that often. And it's very beautiful. And I man, I hope something bad doesn't happen because I, I really love you guys together. Um, oh, well, thank you. But of course, in real life, you have also launched a podcast with uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown, who plays Thaisa. Um, how did you guys develop the show? Tell us a little bit about it. Jasmine came up with the podcast actually on her own and pitched it and it got picked up. And then she brought me on as a co-host. Uh, funnily enough, Jasmine and I met on the Yellow Jackets pilot, but she brought me on to co-host the podcast just before we started shooting season one 
And we oh, didn't wow. find out that Van and Thaisa were going to get together until we got to Vancouver to shoot the rest of the show. So it's like, we were already going to do this podcast. And, and then, then we found out we were also going to play lesbian lovers on television, which just kind of worked out perfectly. I think that's amazing. So did you shoot the pilot, not knowing that that's where those two characters were headed? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. I, I, I decided to myself that Ben was a lesbian just cause that made sense. I didn't really talk about it with anyone, but I guess I was on, on to something about that. <laughs> like <it's> just, <laughs> sure. It always seemed a little obvious to me. I was like, yeah, she's a, She's a goalie and you hired me to do it. So <laughs> so the show is such a wonderful celebration of LGBTQ culture and you've already had a really wonderful guest on so far. I'm curious if there's anybody else coming up that you're very excited about. Oh, so many people. We have, um, we have eight episodes coming out in this season all up and every episode I'm really attached to. I'm proud of what we've done. We have Carmen Maria Mercado coming up, Leo Shang, Fortune Famesdale, like a bunch of cool people. I'm excited for those episodes to air. It's, it's a very lovely show. And obviously you guys have such a wonderful rapport together. Since Yellow Jackets is ending this week and you're obviously going to want more content from Liv Hewson, make sure that you check out the podcast because it's really lovely and a very fun listen. Thank you so much. We really appreciate this. Thank you for having me. Well, that was a dream come true. Also, they did not give any indication as to whether or not my theories were correct, which I really appreciate. Good poker uh, face for sure. Excellent job, Liv. I had <laughs> no idea and I still don't. Um, speaking of finale theories, I do want to briefly kind of hear, Alex, what your predictions are. I have a strong theory that's probably wrong, um, but I feel very, I feel very protective of it. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I do too of mine. I Mine is that this is all a revenge plot by Allie who is a character we very, very, very briefly meet in the first episode. It's the girl whose leg that Thaisa breaks in the first episode. That's Allie, and she's not able to travel with the girls on this trip, gets left behind. I think this entire thing is a is a revenge plot by her because she's so heavily referenced in that first episode. How? <laughs> she's getting back at Thaisa. A lot of this is pinned at Thaisa. I just don't think that they would have would have laid that that uh, breadcrumb so strongly in the first episode and referred to it a couple times throughout. I think I think she's coming back. And I know there is an actress that is is set to play her. She was very briefly seen in the pilot. Mm. She's coming back for the reunion. I just think there's a lot of girl, you know, there's a lot of people gunning for these women who have survived this terrible event and maybe the things that they did there. Yeah, I think I think Allie maybe as a revenge plot for one of the people that did get to go one of the girls and didn't make it back you know one of the other freshmen that uh that she was friends mm. with i think there's something very there. interesting i don't know maybe it's totally i, I out think there. <laughs> i think that setup more was showing what taisa is capable of uh than it was about ali but we will okay. see how how that develops um my theory for anybody who's been watching is that I think that they have actually been setting up Jackie as a villain for the entire season. So we have seen heavily suggested that Lottie is the antler queen. Um, I, I'm not buying it. I think they've been tipping their hand to that too much and that they are trickier than that. Um, I think Jackie may be the antler queen that we see in the pilot episode. I don't, I definitely don't think that she's the girl running towards the pit. Mm -hmm. uh, I do believe that Van is who you see standing over the pit. However, based on her soccer sweatshirt and her Converse sneakers. The other thing to call out is that Jackie appears to maybe have survived the crash and come back. Because if you notice in her journal, 
when uh, Shauna is reading it, she has some movies in it that say uh, like movies I would love to be in or I can't remember oh, exactly that's what the category her favorite is. movies and one was released after. I, that's just an anachronism. No, no, a bunch. A bunch are released after. It's not just one. I thought it was just there's English movies. Patient. No, okay. there's Bring It There's Bring It On, there's okay. English Patient. I think uh I think American Beauty maybe we can double check that, but there's more than one that are released post 1996. Okay. And that does not feel like a mistake that they would have made. So either she's a time traveler, which yes. I guess if Makes this more is some sense. kind of portal could be possible, <laughs> or she made it off the island, so to speak. It's not an island, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I, I think that I think Jackie, we've seen her be very vindictive. We've seen that she's yeah. capable of some sort of minor evils. Uh, and I, I think that I think she's going to come out in full force. Also, Ella Purnell is the poster. And I don't think that they would market the entire show around somebody who is potentially going to die in season one. So right. let's see. I'm hey, very excited. They still got more time in the woods. We know that much. There's there's yes. more seasons where they will come back to them in the woods. And then I guess they can even get out of the woods eventually and go back home and see the early days of them like trying to readjust to life. There's a lot. Oh, there's sure. a lot here. Yeah. There's a lot of chances for more antler queens. Yes. Yeah. There may be multiple <laughs> antler queens. Yeah. I think that's that's accurate. So currently, this is sitting at 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb. I love that it's got that rating, I think, highly deserved. And it is top 20 on IMDb Movie Meter. Again, uh, highly, highly deserved. So if you guys are anything like us, uh, you're going to be hungering for more Yellow Jackets type content. Um, (laughs) Once the series ends on Sunday, I'm so sad that it is uh, coming to a close of season one on Sunday. So we did want to give you guys a couple of additional titles to watch, um, to just, you know, to feed your needs. Uh, (laughs) Alex, what did you want to pitch? I'll throw a very much uh, in line with that cannibalism comedy of sorts. Uh, It's the 1999 film Ravenous. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. from Matchstick Men co-writer Ted Griffin and Priest director Antonia Bird. It's an extremely, extremely dark comedy about an 1800s rescue mission a little bit like The Revenant, uh, into the wilderness, and it turns into cannibalism. Um, It's Guy Pearce, David Arquette, Robert Carlyle, who you'll know from Train Spotting and The Full Monty. Very, very, very 90s all the way around. Uh, And it's definitely Mm. like a hidden gem if you like Yellow Jackets and like scares with your laughs. I will pitch first and foremost um, Jennifer's Body, which we did previously mentioned, of course, directed by Karin Kusama, written by Diablo Cody, and again, famously mismarketed as a sort of hot girl horror movie for men, which it is not. Um, (laughs) It follows Jennifer after she's possessed during a botched ritual performed by Adam Brody, of all people, nice guy extraordinaire. Uh, And of course, Jennifer obviously gains a taste for human flesh, uh, specifically men's flesh. So the movie is kind of finally getting its due after being roundly trashed when it was released. It's great. And I think it will scratch that Yellow Jackets itch. Um, For sure. Not not just because she's eating people, but I think it really nails the sort of bubbling rage that women are forced to keep just under the surface. And and that's something that Yellow Jackets plays with very much as well. Um, And that is available to rent on Prime Video. And I got to throw in Lost, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is it, it set the template, uh, the 2004 to 2010 show that everyone watched from J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams, Jeffrey Lieber and Damon Lindelof. It's the island survival version of Yellow Jackets, uh, snowy forest survival kind of show. And it's all streaming for free right now on IMDb TV. So check it out if you haven't already. 
I will add one more to this list, which is Super Dark Times. It's directed by Kevin Phillips, written by Ben Collins and Luke Piotrowski, who recently uh, wrote The Night House. It stars Charlie Tahan, who you may know as Wyatt from Ozark. And I don't want to tell you too much about this movie, so I'll just say that it is a nightmarish tale of high school secrets, lies, and tragic cover-ups. It also takes place in the early 90s, and there's a deer involved. Hmm. So that really should hit a lot of Yellow Jackets points. Well, those are our suggestions, and we always love to hear from you, the fans, about your suggestions for your favorite survival movie or TV show. Uh, please tweet at us at IMDb with the hashtag IMDbIsObsessed, or you can always email us at obsessedpodcast at imdb.com. Last week, we asked what TV or film adaptation was so good that it made you want to go back and read the book. Just looking through these, I got to say, the Alita Battle Angel Army came out <laughs> yeah. in full force on Twitter. I don't know how they picked up on this, but they sent so many pictures of their favorite characters and their collections of all the uh, manga. Yeah, there's a there's a huge contingency of those fans. Nice. We got another, I think, major film in this category, sure. which is Fight Club. Opinionated film said the author even said it himself that the movie was better than the book. I believe that is true. Of course, the movie released in 1999, directed by David Fincher, and the book released in 1996, written by Chuck Palahniuk. Yeah, Lomolino, Rachel, and a few other people as well said Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, mm. Rachel's story was went with my aunt to see the movie when it came out. Loved it so much that I went home and started reading the books right away. I read the first three in about a week and a half and could hardly wait for the rest to come out. And at Penny Pencils 123 said LA Confidential and The Prestige. Ooh, yes, I love both of those. Both are the exception to the book is better than the film belief. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, LA Confidential is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I, I have not read the book that it is based on, but I've definitely always been interested in it. And John Donahue threw out Cloud Atlas, which has hmm. been on my reading list for too long. I love the Wachowskis and I love that film. It's 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 a dense, dense head trip. And yeah, maybe maybe the book will help me figure it out a little bit more <laughs> than, than I have with the movie. Interesting. All right. Well, thank you for your suggestions. As always, you can really let us know anything you would like by emailing us at obsessedpodcast at imdb.com. Doesn't just have to be survival movies or TV shows. If there's other movies yeah. or TV shows that you think we should be watching, let us know. Tell us. Definitely. And if you get a chance, please rate this podcast on whatever platform you are listening to it on. Uh, that really helps us and we appreciate it and we read them. And we'll see you next week. Yes, we will. With more things to be obsessed about. Don't eat anybody. Bye. <laughs>